Vincent. Uh, I, I work with the Denari portfolio companies um, uh, during the duration of cohort one um, on our token design. Yeah, no problem. No problem. Um, I work with the, you know, the five core teams on their token design for the better part of eight weeks. Um, and you know, today, over the next 20 or so minutes, uh, I will give an overview of what we worked on, uh, where we started, and sort of um, you know, where we might be going. So if you give me a second here. Cool. So tokens in 20 minutes, right? Um, like I said, I'll do a quick overview, and then we'll, we'll go through really uh, some of the principles that guided our token design for the five um, cohort companies. Um, but before, before we get into that, um, I just want to like do a quick market update since the cohort ended, um, <clears throat> end of year has been really interesting. Um, there's been a lot of volume and interest in crypto as a whole and in token launches more broadly. Um, I think with every cycle or every sort of, uh, mini cycle, um, there are like new metas that pop up, um, you know, every, every sort of instance of, uh, these vectors of growth, um, you know, recently uh, we we had we saw um, this sort of opportunity uh, to really try to pave the way for cross-chain airdrops with Dimension. Um, and if you're not familiar familiar with uh, what Dimension is doing with their cross-chain airdrop, they um, took a look at you know uh, I would say like some of the most well-regarded uh, PFP projects across Ethereum and Solana, um, and ended up uh, dropping their token to holders across different uh, different blockchains, which is very different than you know, what we've seen previously. Um, so they targeted high value users such as Pudgy Penguins holders, Mad Lads, Tensorians, and Bad Kids. This, Bad Kids is on Cosmos too. So I didn't even realize that Cosmos is a part of this. So that's three different ecosystems that have been targeted um, for this one application specific uh, token drop. And again, I think like that kind of speaks to a broader theme around this idea that people have um, of interoperability. It's something that has been talked through, especially in like the vertical of gaming, of course. Um, but more broadly, when it comes to like more uh, Web three centric applications, um, the idea that you know you have to be a citizen per se of Ethereum or Solana or you know insert uh, you know verticalized network here, I think is um, is slowly slowly changing. And you know, large cap drops like what Dimension is doing are kind of setting precedents to uh, make this concept of interoperability a reality. Um, the second sort of meta that, you know, uh, Drew had kind of mentioned earlier was this concept of like meme coins, right? And sort of meme coins as a vehicle of community building. Um, if anybody was around, like playing around with Solana towards the end of the year, or even, you know, in some cases, Ethereum, um, meme coin volume was off the charts this year. It seemed like, you know, anything you touched would, you know, you would kind of uh, make a lot of money off of, there'd be a lot of volume and a lot of interest on. Very similar to how um, NFTs were at the start of, uh, you know, uh, their cycle, right? Early 2021, throughout that whole bull run. Um, but what I think we really tapped into uh, were sort of like product specific meme coins. Um, there was points, literally a ticker points that, um, you know, launched uh, off, sort of was like a derivative off of Farcast. Um, Farcast even had their own sort of not native or uh, native platform specific token, but they had um, they had Degen, D-E-G-E-N, which seemed to be like somewhat supported by, you know, the Farcast team and had a lot of backing by their community and, you know, some of the core team members there. Um, and again, we talked a lot about, you know, what memes mean in the context of this space and the context of, you know, the broader crypto industry. And what, what I really think it boils down to is the ability to like vote and signal with your wallet. 
very similar to you know the concept of digital identity with within NFTs. Um, and tokens are just another vehicle to do that with. And then I think the last major um, meta that popped up like during this cycle or that's you know I don't think is over yet is like this meta of like points and off-chain gamification. Um, you know, it's very it's it's a very easy way for teams to basically um, in, like publicly signal what they value users to do. And again, when we talked about our token design process uh, over this over this program, um, we came down to this concept that tokens are a way to drive user behavior, and off-chain points are obviously a very similar way to do that. Credit cards have been doing this for years. Um, you know, apps like Uber, Airbnb will give you cash back rewards as a form of loyalty. And so you see uh, large, large scale crypto products such as Rainbow, for instance, um, launching point systems. And again, it's another way to just publicly uh, signal what, a, what an app or a protocol values um, for, for their user base and reward said users for that. Now, the other side of it is obviously building utility for those points, farming points like in perpetuity um, can potentially do more harm than good. Um, but I think it's a step in the right direction of one further gamifying like the space as a whole, and also sort of creating um, a soft path towards a fungible token launch. Because, you know, as we all know, it's very hard and it's not an easy task to, you know, launch a legally compliant token in this space. It takes a lot of time, it takes a lot of money, it takes a lot of effort. Um, and points are a really cool way to sort of test the waters before you, you know, kind of get married uh, to a token. Uh, actually, uh, one, of our, one of our old mentors uh, on the legal side said that, um, a token is not a marriage. Uh, it's a baby. So you can get divorced from the token, right? Divorce in air quotes, but you can't get divorced from a baby. Um, and I think having that attitude is uh, really important when you get into launching a token. And again, to the point of off-chain points, uh, it's a way to sort of build uh, towards having this baby, um, which obviously is you know, a Herculean task in itself. Uh, so that was a quick little update from you know the last time we talked. I think these three sort of um, concepts are going to be key, you know, in this next coming cycle, um, and are really going to influence teams' sort of decisions around you know how they go to market with uh, their various tokenized ecosystems. Um, so I'll turn on to the next page here. Um, again, our token design journey, and this is targeted more towards uh, people in the audience, right? I think obviously all the Cohort teams know this. We went through this together, uh, almost beat like beat a dead horse uh, around it. And so all these slides are probably very familiar. But this is really to you know highlight um, some of the core concepts that we drilled into uh, over our six week time period. So you know, we started with you know very first principles overview of um, the business that these five cohort companies are trying to achieve. Looking at their goals, kind of ignoring the token, and really just understanding what the business model is for or whatever project um, or, or protocol they're building. Then we took a look at stakeholders, right? And we took a look at basically, okay, well, who are we building this for and who are sort of the core uh, providers of value and the core consumers of value, right? Because ultimately a token is basically a network that incentivizes producers and consumers of value to come together. Um, once we've defined who we're building for, we'll define what they can actually do on the platform, right? So this speaks more to the product around what these core stakeholders can do on the product from um, you know, the, the actual user and sort of like utility side of, you know, what we're building here. Then we'll start thinking about, okay, well, based off of these ranked actions that we've defined in the user space, um, how do we want to price these actions or how do we want to price this utility that we're going to require people to use the token for? That's sort of the sinks and faucets area in red here. 
Then we started uh, working on the actual token design and the system design for said token. Um, this is a, a amalgamation of these uh, other four workshops that we um, went through over the past four weeks, right? Token design is really a function of, again, what the business goals are for the company, the different stakeholders that we're building for, the different actions those stakeholders can take. And then again, how we're, how we're rolling all that into the token, or maybe how we're not rolling it into the token and thinking of different value accrual mechanisms. Um, after that, of course, the teams work through a light paper. And really the next stage here, you know, I think is to go back to the drawing board. I would probably pause on launch just because, again, when we think about uh, the different trends in the space right now, when we think about, you know, this concept of a token being a baby and not really a marriage, um, it's always good to take a step back and sort of think about, okay, well, what's going on in the cycle right now? How can we how can we use these tailwinds to better benefit our network and or our products such that our token launch is very successful? Um, you can only launch a token once, right? You can't unlaunch a token. So um, both timing, go to market strategy, and like the health and scale of your network is very, very important um, when, when you launch a token. And again, I'm speaking more for the audience here. You know, I think that the five cohort teams uh, got the message during during our design time together. Um, so I'm not sure if cohort uh, one had the ability to intro themselves, but in a nutshell, you know, these five companies again boil down to this concept of consumers and producers of value, right? Which are incentivized by a token. So in the case of um, in the case of Meme Depot uh, by Truth Labs. The producer of network value that we identified were meme creators, meme curators, um, prize sponsors as um, as like three core producers of value. Then the actual consumers of value were the end users, right? The people who consumed the memeified content, followers of these depots that they'll get into when they go through their pitch. So I don't want to give up too much and buyers of memes. Right. And again, they'll talk through their whole system. I don't, I don't want to take too much from there. But, but the idea here is that we really drilled down into those core stakeholders that are producing said value and those core stakeholders that are consuming said value of the networks that we're building here. Um, and then here, you know, it's just kind of a bit of level setting, level setting, again, for people in the audience to really understand how we thought through the broader token and system design. Again, crypto economic systems, at least from my point of view, um, are a function of a lot of different variables, right? They're a function of user experience. They're a function of technology, governance, legal, business planning, game theory, product design, economics. And what's really interesting is that when you actually abstract what a token is, it's really a back-end tool to power a lot of these front-end experiences. The token is not your product, right? Um, the, your, your product is your product. The token is on the back end that helps power and supercharge whatever network is looking to scale your product ecosystem. So I think kind of like shifting that mindset and thinking of tokens as back end tools and blockchain as, as a whole as a back end tool to provide value, either you know provenance, proof of ownership. Um, you know, in the case of obviously like uh, things like gaming, right? Like that plays in a bit into um, provenance and and really like. The ability to permissionlessly prove that X action happened at Y time, you know, at, at, at Z location. Um, so, so that's like kind of an overview of, again, like how I think teams should start shifting the way that they think about tokens. Again, like the token is not your product, right? It's, it's a tool that, you know, it's a backend tool that helps build and supercharge the network that we're all building, right? So in the case of open ads, right, it's a decentralized advertising network. In the case of travel swap. They're connecting um, 
you know, people with crypto with uh, travel experiences, right? Um, the token is powering gamification incentives on the back end, but the core product is not the token. Unless, of course, like you're a meme coin, I guess. Um, and again, this plays a little bit to what, you know, some of the themes that we talked about previously, right? Fungible tokens have the ability to, it's really interesting, right? Fungible tokens have the ability to like capture value and acquire users, right? You know, I think uh, a well-designed fungible token system is potentially, you know, a customer acquisition tool of the future. Um, but what's interesting here, like, especially with these examples, um, is that none of these have a token. Um, but the, the, the core concept here is that uh, most Web3 projects with a token come down to marketplace economics, right? Or at least marketplace dynamics. Uniswap only matters to LPs if there are traders. But Uniswap is only useful to traders if there's deep liquidity. You're matching providers of value with consumers of value. Now, none of these three have tokens, which is really interesting. And, and all three of these are wildly successful ecosystems. I think Frentech is going through issues of its own. Um, but the point here is that I think teams are recognizing and uh, builders are recognizing that, again, tokens have the ability to, one, be like relatively non-dilutive uh, forms of user acquisition and retention. Again, if you think through, and this is something that we thought through with open ads, like in depth, right? Um, how do you incentivize people to use your platform? Well, you raise VC money and, um, you know, you're basically selling equity in exchange for cash to acquire these users. And when you boil that down to like, it's even further concept, um, you're basically using equity to incentivize users to use your platform. And the token, again, depending on how you design the value accrual mechanisms and how you think through a lot of other things that like is unfortunately out of the scope of this, is potentially a non-cash, non-dilutive way to incentivize users in lieu of using equity. Um, is one better than the other? I mean, it really depends, right? Oh, sorry. It really depends on what product and what ecosystem you're building. And again, how you build value accrual. Does your value accrue to the equity? Okay. Well, if the value accrues to the equity, then maybe you don't want to use, um, you know, uh, your like, cash that you raised from VCs as much to acquire users. Maybe, you know, maybe you sacrifice in a sense, the token um, to, to do that. Or if all the values to uh, I just got a beep. I got like five minutes, so I'll, I'll wrap this up soon. But if all of the value is accruing to the token, well, then maybe you sacrifice value accrual to the equity in exchange for that, right? So it's a, it's definitely a balance. It's tough to do both. I don't think it's impossible. I mean, we look at ecosystems like Binance, um, you know, with the exchange model. So it's very equity, equity value accrual like. Then they also have token, right? They have BNB, which powers their chain, which powers a lot of on-chain utilities and also powers product functionality on the exchange, again, which accrues value to the equity. So it's a really, really interesting flywheel that Binance has built. And obviously, you know, they have had the luxury of being like a first mover here. Um, but again, like this pendulum to balance is, is really key. Um, and I think sometimes people uh, can, can miss that. Um, so we talked about customer acquisition tools of the future. Um, the, the next part is like level setting that tokens are on everything, right? And this kind of, this kind of, this speaks to a little bit of what we talked about earlier. Um, but if your product can't stand on its own and users like don't want to use it for any reason other than earning the token, which to be quite honest is a lot of like Web3 projects already, um, then you know you're you're kind of uh, you shot yourself in the foot from the from the jump. Like these five companies that we've you know incubated and advised are product-oriented companies first. You know, I think they came to this accelerator to learn from our expertise on token design because we're token people. 
we're not product people. I, I, I don't know much about, you know, the hotel industry or decentralized advertising or building a social network uh, for memes, right? But I know, I know, I would say I know like a decent amount about tokens and trying to build value accrual mechanisms and gamification. Um, again, which is why, you know, they went through, the teams went through a token oriented accelerator, not a generalized, you know, early stage accelerator. Um, and I gave the example of looks rare because obviously if you're around in, you know, the 2021 NFT craze, uh, looks rare definitely had its moment in the sun, but I think uh, fundamentally it, it wasn't um, a good enough product to retain users from OpenSea. It captured users from OpenSea with their airdrop. And obviously they built uh, the staking mechanism around, uh, you know, uh, driving fees uh, to, to stakers with ETH, but um, it didn't last. Uh, and it didn't last because it wasn't uh, the best product experience compared to incumbents in the space, although OpenSea and other verticalized marketplaces. For instance, you don't see the same issue with foundation. In foundation, um, the vastity of a product, but the concept still stays the same. There's a lot more of a stickier user base on some of these better, uh, well-built products that don't even have tokens. Um, so that's an example of just like not obviously anchoring yourself too hard to the token, but, 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 but at the same time, right? Like this whole thing is like a pendulum and it's like a trilemma, which we'll get into really quickly. Um, I see, I, won't, I only have one minute here, so, uh, I'll kind of go through this, but, uh, they're not everything, but they're also like very, very important, right? Terra Luna looks rare. Axie Infinity, to some extent, all went through their own um, uh, economic issues that were tied around uh, either poor product experience or poor value accrual mechanisms. Um, this is the trilemma that, again, we all try to balance in some form or another. How do you create a token that acquires and retains users while also accrues value, while also elevates the core product experience? Um, it's hard to do. It's not easy. Uh, so in summary, right, like designing a well-balanced, non-dilutive incentive system with clear value accrual is, is very, very hard. Um, it, acquire, it requires a systematic approach that we took uh, during this, you know, six to eight week process. Um, this matters because, again, tokens are your tool set for directing user behavior. And so can, so can, points, so, so can points be, right? Points are also a vehicle to, to drive user behavior just in a different way. Um, and again, this is something that we defined over our six-week design period. So uh, I'm kind of at time here. Um, I'm not sure if I get like kicked off the stage or um, if uh, you know if I just wrap it up here. But uh, it was a really great experience with uh, you know cohort one. I think we all learned a lot from each other over the six-week period. And so um, what I'll do is I'll just kind of stop here. And okay, so I have a few more minutes. Uh, I wish I could hear people chat. Or maybe someone can come on the stage because I'm kind of just talking to myself here, which is okay. Um, but yeah, I just wanted to wrap up and say, uh, <clears throat> you know, again, it, it was a, it was a great experience. I think for for both sides of uh, you know the, the coin per se that went through this program, um, and I think the teams had the ability to get in front of a lot of different advisors, uh, service providers across like the legal landscape the token tooling landscape, um, the product design landscape to really understand, again, when you when you look at the um, that sort of like web, right, where the token is in the middle, that, you know, tokens, tokens are just a very small piece of a broader ecosystem and broader uh, product flywheel that we're building towards. Um, so, uh, yeah, I think I think I think it's like a 
it's a very, very long way, or I, at least I took 20 minutes to say, uh, you know, we, we spent a lot of time building um, some of the token systems and the core loops of how we rewarded users. Um, and, you know, and I think, you know, any, any ecosystem that's launched by this cohort of uh, companies is, is set up to do relatively well compared to probably, you know, some teams that didn't go through a token oriented accelerator like this. Um, so I'll pause there. <laughs> um, thank you everybody for the time. Uh, I really appreciate, uh, you know, getting in front of you as the audience and of course, working with the, uh, cohort team. So I'll return the stage back to the host and, uh, come back to come back to the audience. Thanks guys. This has been a Red Beard Ventures production.